Hello and welcome to Sweet TNT and D. Welcome back. We've missed you. <laughs> We've missed human contact in general. Um, the shelter in place has been lifted in our state, so we're actually recording this in person. But I don't know where our normal recording equipment is, so deal with it. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. Uh, today we're gonna do a few giants. Yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> We're talking about some giants today. <laughs> you seem so unsure. I am questioning my existence right now. Uh, so, as, as are we all. <laughs> in related news, I have a puppy. Puppy! His name is Cooper. Um, he's currently in my lap. Um, he's now also our producer because Garrett's missing. So this is our producer, interim, Cooper. Interim, interim missing. Producer. We're trying to find him, but he's got his regular job back, and so he's busy because he's an adult. Oopsie. Uh, Cooper is a Dotson. How are you saying that? Dotson. Dotson. Yeah. I heard Dotson. I'm like, he's a Nissan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fucking it. <laughs> More phlegm. It's German. I was gonna, uh, yeah, I'm getting my in it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he's a little mini Dotson. He's so cute. We'll post a picture on our Instagram about oh, him. Oh, he has an Instagram. He has an Instagram. I was forced to give him an Instagram. Have you been have keeping up with it? Have you been keeping up with it? Is the real question. I don't see your likes or your follows back. Ain't no follow did back. Did you follow me? Did I? I don't think you did. I don't remember. Either way, if you want to keep pictures of my dog, because you're invested. It's cooped up underscore with Cooper because we got him during the COVID crisis, and here we are, still in the COVID crisis. Hello, he's such a cute puppy. He's so sleepy. He's very sleepy because we've been bothering him, and we've been bothering. I've been bothering what? him. Jamie's just letting him fall off couches. She's not allowed to babysit alone. You know, I didn't know I had to. Not make him leap to his death. You're getting I your own puppy soon. No, it's survival <laughs> instincts don't kick in until like two months. I oh, wait, he's he two was... months. Four months. Okay. <laughs> he just wants a tan chan. <laughs> he's that Charlie Puth song. He's that self destructive. Yeah. <laughs> he's a little suicidal. Oh, no. That's that. Uh, I wish you would step back from that ledge. I was going to sing that other one. The. You had me suicidal. Who was oh, that? Oh, God. Uh, that was, that was Sean Kingston. Sean Kingston. Whatever happened to him? Um, he was bopping back in the day. Back in, like, 2006. We've wasted three minutes. Cool. Welcome to Sweet Team D&D. So, we're going to do multiple episodes of Giants to catch up on our lack of content. Yeah. We know you've missed the sultry sounds of our voices. Our sweet, so sweet molasses voices. We're going to poop them out real quick, bunny style. It's more... Like little nuggets of <laughs> little treasure. Nuggets. <laughs> little nuggets. I was gonna say diarrhea, but yeah, let's go. Little nuggets. Little nuggets of little, wisdom. Little nuggets. So today we're gonna talk about giants. We're giants. also gonna try to get into diseases. Because you know. Because thematic. God damn it. Yeah, thematic. Yeah, and um, we're also gonna be looking at some sweet, sweet magic items made specifically just for giants. Um, you can find these. They're called Ordnance of the Ordning, a collection of themed magic items. These were put on Reddit by Derg Veda. So D-A-R-E-G-V-E-D-A, a year ago. Check them out. They're on Google Drive, and we're going to go over some of them. Read along with us if you're not driving. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't read and drive. All right, so... 
Chaos Moth. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, we don't have to record right now. Ancient empires once cast long shadows of a world that quaked beneath the giant's feet. In those lost days, these towering figures were dragons, lairs, dreamers, crafters, and kings. But their kind fell from glory long ago. However, I feel like there should be text scrolling as I read this on a black background. Red te- yellow text. Yellow? It's yellow, isn't it? Fuck, I don't know. I haven't watched Star Wars. Like You're the expert. <laughs> George, what color is your pot? <laughs> However, even divided amongst included clans, scattered throughout the world, the giants maintain the customs of tradition of old. We try to do that by keeping recording podcasts through Zoom, but sometimes schedules are a bitch. They are old as legend. In remote regions of the world, the last remaining cliffs, monoliths, and statues of the great giant empires bow their heads in desolate obscurity. Once, where once those empires sprawled across all lands, now the giants dwelled in isolated tribes and clans. I don't know if they meant for that to rhyme, but they do it all the time. <laughs> giants are almost as old as dragons, which were still young when the giants' heavy feet first shook the foundations of the world. As they sp- what? That's a feet Oh, motherfucker! As they spread across the new lands, giants and dragons fought bitter g- gra- generational wars. Almost like gravitational wars. <laughs> Unless you were going to say race wars. I mean, a little bit. Giant and dragons fought bitter generational wars that nearly brought both sides low. No living giant remembers what started the conflict, but myths and tales of their race's glorious dawn are still sung in their steadings, still sung in their steadings and hold fast. Vilifying the primeval worms, giants and dragons continue to harbor grudges against each other. And it is seldom that they will ever meet or occupy the same area without a fight. Pretend it's tea. I had tea and then I ran out. We, I have a little bit. I began with tea, to be fair. We started with tea and then we started talking about additional content and got distracted. If we can work it out, we really have interesting stuff. We have thoughts. I mean, lots of thoughts, but we have little execution. (laughs) You remember that whole Mortal Kombat thing? Remember? You remember episode 38? Yeah, that never happened. We'll get to that. Jamie's going to start talking about how we rank giants based off the ordining. First of all, I don't rank giants. They're all equal in my my heart. (laughs) A storm giant just shat its bed right now. You'll know why. I've read that. I haven't. I haven't heard of thunder yet. (laughs) There was thunder at twelve today. It was premeditated. I don't know. Just (laughs) (laughs) he was thinking about the comment I would make. Each of the main giant races, the cloud, fire, frost, hills, stone, and storm giants, are related by common elements of history, religion, and culture. They view one another as kindred, keeping any inherent animosity over territory and ambition to a minimum. Giants belong to a caste structure called the Ordning. Based on social class and highly organized, the Ordning assigns a social rank to each giant. By understanding its place in the Ordning, a giant knows which other giants are inferior or superior to it, since no two giants are equal. Each of the giant races analyzes a different combination of skills or qualities to determine the ordering. Giants make excel giants make excelling in these qualities the purpose of their lives. At the highest level of the ordering, the races of the giants are also ranked according to status. Storm giants are the highest in the ordering, followed by cloud giants, fire, frost, stone, hill, and finally, um, Giant kin such as Fomorians, Etans, and Ogres. Check out our episode on Fomorians, where and, they're singing soulful tunes. And I think we did Ogres as well. Possibly, I do not remember. I think because we talked about their regenerating um, 
Those are trolls. Oh, trolls. Never mind. I don't know monsters, obviously. I have a whole podcast on them. Get your shit <laughs> together. <laughs> no. <laughs> Never! Regardless of a giant's rank among his own race, the chief of a hill giant tribe is inferior to the most common of stone giants. The lowest ranked giant of any type is superior to the highest ranked giant of inferior type. This feels awfully divisive. Oh, it's racist <laughs> as hell. Socioeconomics are a bitch. Let's keep going. <laughs> what was that? Like, honky, like... Oh, I thought it was oddly Asian, and I was confused. No, I was going for, like, weird inbred southern... So you were trying to do the deliverance song. That is what I did. It just sounded like... Did it have more of an Asian flair to it? It did. And it confused me for a second. What is the stringed instrument? A banjo. Not... <laughs> Paddle faster, I hear banjos. <laughs> anyway. What other whatever. Sitar. Uh, the low, there you go. Like like something like that. Anywho, back to giants. <laughs> Sitar. The lowest ranked giant of any type is superior to the highest ranked giant of an inferior type. It isn't considered evil to disrespect or even betray a giant of another type merely rude. How imagine how fucked up that would be. You betrayed someone. You're like, fuck you. I'm like, mm, I don't feel bad. Yeah, you <laughs> deserve inferior. it. You're inferior. You know, that whole system. Oh, like, damn. That, that's what it feels like. The caste like. system says you're a little bitch. And like, there's nothing you can do about it. What are you going to do? Change races? Uh-uh. Oh, so sad. That's fucked up. So sad. Are you ready to learn about some motherfucking cloud giants? <laughs> Apparently, the cream of the crop. No, but... Storm is the highest. Oh, no, it is Storm. I wonder why they didn't put them in the order. They're in alphabetical order. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Cloud giants <laughs> live extravagant lives high above the world, showing little concern for the plights of other races except as amusement. They're muscular with light skin and have hair of silver blue. They're high and mighty little assholes. Cloud giants are, I guess, big assholes. <laughs> big assholes. The way you read it so smoothly, I was like, it's yeah. not safe. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Taking liberty of it. Oh, you can find this in the regular monster manual on page 149 to begin with for all the text on giants. Cloud giants are spread to the winds, encompassing vast areas of the world. In times of need, scattered cloud giant families band together as a unified clan. However, they can seldom do so quickly. You think a cloud would move pretty quick? Mm, the speed of smell. <laughs> <laughs> we only move at the rate of a fart across a crowded hollister. <laughs> I like this name. Bot. <laughs> Attuned to the magic of their airy domains, cloud giants are able to turn into mist and create clouds of billowing fog. They dwell in castles on high mountain peaks or on the solid clouds that once held their fiefs. They really rhymed a lot. Still gracing the skies on occasion... These cloud, magic clouds are the lasting remnants of the giant's lost empire. Better spellcasters than most other giants, some cloud giants can control weather, bring storms, and steer the winds almost as well as their cousins, the storm giants. Although cloud giants are lower in the ordering than storm giants, the reclusive storm giants, stop fucking laughing, rarely engage with the rest of the giant kind. As a result, many cloud giants see themselves as having the highest status and power among the giant races. They order lesser giants to seek out wealth and art on their behalf employing fire giants and smiths, crafters, and, and crafters. 
and using frost giants as reavers, raiders, and plunderers. Dim-witted hill giants serve them as brutes in combat fodder, sometimes fighting for the cloud giant's amusement. The cloud giant might order hill or frost giants to steal from nearby humanoid land, which is considered to be a fair tax for its continued beneficence. On their mountain summits and solid clouds, cloud giants keep extraordinary gardens. Grapes as big as apples grow there, along with apples the size of pumpkins and pumpkins the size of wagons. From the errant seeds of these gardens, tales of cottage-sized produce and magic beans are spread in the mortal realm. So that's Jack of the Giant Beanstalk, I guess, and the Cloud Giant, right? As humanoid nobles keep an airy for hunting hawks, so do cloud giants, keeping griffins, peritons, and wyverns as their own flying beast of prey. Such creatures also patrol the cloud giants' gardens by night, along with trading predators such as owlbears and lions. Imagine the surprise on an owlbear's face. When it was asleep in the forest, and it wakes up in the goddamn sky. And I just imagine like a storm it's giant kind out of there. well, no, like reaching down and just like me picking up your tiny puppy, just scooping up an owl, <laughs> and then being like, "You have a job to do." <laughs> just no, just picking up like, burr, 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 burr. <laughs> like, like playing with it, making noises with it, like. <laughs> so they are children of tricksters, so they probably would do that. They probably the patron god and father of cloud giants is Mimnor, the trickster, the cleverest and slyest of giant deities. Cloud giants align themselves according to the aspect and exploits of Mimnor, and they're most admired with evil cloud giants, emulating his deceitfulness and self-interest, and good cloud giants emulating his intellect and silver-tongued speech. Family members usually align in the same direction. Wealth and Power a cloud giant earns its place in the ordning by the treasure it accumulates, the wealth it wears, and the gift it bestows on the cloud giants. However, value is only one part of the assessment. The extravagance cloud giants wears are places about its homes must also be beautiful or wondrous. Sacks of gold or gems are worth less to a cloud giant than the jewelry that might be crafted from the materials, creating treasures that bring esteem to a cloud giant's household. Rather than steal from one another or fight over treasures, cloud giants are inveterate gamblers with a hunger for high risk and high reward. They frequently bet on the outcome events nominally outside their control, such as the lives of lesser creatures. Ordinary rankings and king's ransoms can be won and lost in bets, wagered by interfering on the conflicts. Oh, over military triumphs of humanoid nations. Excuse me. So they can win or lose money based off gambling on human nature. It's like betting on football teams. Yep. (laughs) Fixing wagers by interfering on the conflict causes the loss of the bet, but such deceit is considered to be cheating only if it's discovered. Otherwise, it is the cleverness honoring Memnor. Oh. Their trickster god. So kudos to them. Yep. (laughs) So you can find the Cloud Giant stats on page 154 of the Monster Manual. Uh, They are huge, giant, neutral good, 50% 50% of the time, or neutral evil, 50% of the time, depending on their mood, <laughs> and by what side of Memnor's personality traits they picked. Well, yep. Um, their armor class is a 14. It's natural armor. They have hit points of 200, or 16 D12 plus 96. They have a speed of 40 feet, because they can run hella fast. Excuse me. They have a strength of 27 with a score, of, or a modifier of plus 8, a dex of 10 with a plus 0, a con of 22, and a plus 6. An intelligence of 12 with a plus 1, a wisdom of 16 and a plus 3, and a charisma of 16 with a plus 3. They have a plus 10 to con, plus 7 to wisdom, and a plus 7 to charisma for saving throws. They have a plus 7 to insight and a plus 7 to perception. They have a passive perception of 17. They know common and giant, and they are CR of 9, equivalent to 5,000 XP. 
the giant has advantage on wisdom perception checks that rely on smell, as they have the ability to keenly smell his farts. Oh. They have best sense of gases, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, innate spell casting. The giant's innate spell casting ability is charisma, and it can innately cast the following spells requiring no material components. At will, they can detect magic, create fog cloud, and light. Three Big times cloud. a day. <laughs> yeah. Uh... They can cast Featherfall, Fly, Misty Step, or Telekinesis. And once per day, they can cast Control, Weather, or Gaseous Form. Um, it is important to kind of give you a description of what they look like. They're kind of like big, burly dudes in this picture with short white hair and fangs, surprisingly. Bottom fangs. Um, oh, no, they're top fangs. Top. It looks kind of... Like lip piercings. <sighs> On the bottom, though. It's like a shitty Dr- Dracula cosplay. It does. Without it, the wings or the bat theme. It reminds me of a lot of things, but I don't know how to describe it. I, I don't know. Words. They look, words. <laughs> Adjectives. Adverbs. <laughs> Etc. <Nouns. laughs> um, Persons, places, and things. As for their actions, the giant makes two morning star attacks. They have a plus 12 to hit with a reach of 10 feet. One target hits 21 or 3d8 plus 8 piercing damage. Uh, secondly, they have a rock, which they can only do one at a time. Uh, a it is a ranged weapon attack for the plus 12 to hit. It's a range of 60 and 240 feet. It hits one target and it does 30 damage or 40, 10 plus 8 with a maximum of 48 damage. Ow. Which is bludgeoning because you just got hit with a boulder. Um, for fun things, um, there's actually images of what their rocks look like. And if you thought rocks were boring... Check out these cool rocks on page 150. <laughs> <laughs> Check out these cool The cloud rocks. giant's boulder looks like a normal boulder. It does. It doesn't look in any way related to clouds or wind. Or... No. I mean, what are you going to do? Throw an air ball? Like, ooh, I got you. <laughs> It'd be cool if they could, like, pressurize air. I don't and then, know. like, an explosion of bludgeoning damage? That'd be cool. Force damage probably is what that'd be. But still, it cool. It would still hurt. It would still hurt like a motherfucker if you still got a hit. I think that would be fun. I would reflavor that. Fuck it, Boulder. It's a cloud giant. It's gotta be. It's just so boring. I don't know. It's boring. I don't like. Just Change it up. They're magic. They cast fog cloud. It could just be a compressed air fog, ball of fog. fog. Ooh, fog. that'd be a cool one where, like, if it hits an area, it fog clouds the area and makes it harder for you to see the giant. It's green fog. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jamie's gonna talk about another giant. Are you gonna talk about his magic item? I thought we we always do magic items at the end, right? Oh, we can do it. All right, well, (laughs) in a change of pace, because we're winging this shit, um, we're going to talk about the um, Cloud Giant's Deceit, coming from that material we've discussed in the beginning. This is the Ordinance of the Ordning content for Cloud Giant, or content for Giant Weapons. So these can be any melee weapon. They're either very rare or legendary. If it's very rare, it has a plus one. If it is legendary, it has a plus two. Uh, this weapon is enchanted with the beguiling magic of the cloud giant in honor of Mimnor, the trickster god. It has a bonus to attack the damage rolls based on the rarity, so either plus one or plus two. Uh, when you hit a creature with this weapon, you can choose to hide yourself from the senses, making it treat you as invisible for one minute. This property fools all of the senses and is effective against creatures with blind sight and tremor sense, but not those with troop sight. You can use this property against a given creature only once per day, and it can affect only one creature at a time. If you use this property against the second creature while another one is affected, the effect immediately ends against the first creature. So this is a great way to kind of hide your presence from an enemy so you can do a lot of extra damage, because you get advantage on the attack no matter what. 
Um, it doesn't say... It says you're treated as invisible for one minute. I'm assuming it means you don't break... You're a fighter if you're using a weapon like this. So you're probably not breaking invisibility. So that's good. Um, the only thing that kind of confuses me, if you use this property against a second creature while the other one is affected, the effect immediately ends against the creature. But it only works once per day. So I guess if you cast it one minute before the dawn, and you're like, ha-ha, and you hit another target, it immediately, or I guess 49 seconds before the dawn. <laughs> <laughs> if we're getting goddamn technical. Whatever. I'm a dick. All right. Jamie. It seems cool, though. I like it. Ooh, the one that's after. It'd be cool to put on a um, robe. Yeah. To just boop them in and oh out. Oh, my God. The amount of fun I would have I with would, a robe with that. I would change this. I don't know. Once per day just doesn't seem like enough. Um, I think. For just a minute long casting It time. is, but think of it as like you're doing one target. I'd say shorter long rest. I wouldn't say once per day. That's, that's the, I as a DM would make that change. If you do that, I think as a DM you also have to consider using more than one enemy. Because I have a feeling like it, you're still at disadvantage to attack, but you're not swinging all willy-nilly if you have an idea of where the creature is, if other enemies can still see them. Yeah. But it's only you becoming invisible, right? <laughs> Just that creature. Yeah. So if you have you're fighting a giant and it's little ogre minions, the ogres still see you if you use it on the giant. Oh yeah, and that's I think it's better, more even as more useful as a plot point rather than a weapon for combat. It's becoming more yeah. role play as in I have to find this person, so I I don't know. You just why am I sword? Yeah, take one damage and it's like oh my god, I'm so sorry, I'm so oh gosh, and then or they, but then you're invisible, they don't even see yeah. you. They took one damage and you're gone. Yes. To them, at least, you know? It would be fun. I think this is a And then you can follow them around and spy on them. For a minute, yeah. And as a fact, let's see. You can choose to. When you hit a creature. So you just have to do damage. Yep. Yes, I like it. Let's do so, it. Okay, that's this what. Okay, now for Fire Giants. Oh, you were on the right page. I was on the right page. Sorry. <laughs> Fire giants are master crafters and organized warriors. Fire giants dwell among volcanoes, lava flows, and rocky mountains. They are ruthless, militaristic brutes whose mastery of metalwork is legendary. Fire giant fortresses are built around and inside volcanoes or near magma-filled caverns. The blistering heat of their homes fuels the fire giants' forges and causes the iron of their fortress walls to glow a comforting orange. Holy Jesus. Sweaty um, as fuck with my apartment. We're never visiting. <laughs> no. It's like Texas in the summer. Can't visit the fire giants. Um, in lands far removed from volcanic heat, fire giants mine coal to burn. Traditional smithies occupy places of honor in their demences, and the, the giant stunning fortresses constantly belch plumes of sooty smoke. In more remote outposts, in more remote outposts, Fire giants burn wood to keep their forge fires lit, deforesting leagues of land in all directions. Fire giants shun cold as much as their cousins, the frost giants, hate heat. They can adapt to cold environments with effort, though, keeping their hearth fires burning bright and wearing heavy woolen clothing and furs to stay warm. <clears throat> From birth, a fire giant is taught to embrace a legacy of war. At the cradle, its parents chant songs of battle. As children, fire giants play war, hurling igneous rocks at one another across the banks of magma rivers. In later years, formal martial training begins an integral part of life in the giant's fortresses and underground realms of smoke and ash. 
The fire giant songs are odes of battles lost and won, while their dances are martial formations of pounding feet that resound like smith's hammers throughout their smoky halls. I immediately thought of a uh, haka. Uh huh. New Zealand hakas. Or a Maori. similar Maori hakas, yeah. Similar Polynesian um, like dances, tribal dances. Yes. Um, just as fire giants pass down their knowledge of crafting from generation to generation, their renowned fighting prowess comes not from wild fury, but from endless discipline and training. Enemies make the mistake of underestimating fire giants based on their brutish manner, learning too late that these giants live for combat and can be shrewd tacticians. Humanoids conquered in war become serfs to fire giants. I don't know how. <laughs> how do they live there? They get one day of service and <laughs> they're, then they're dead. They're not there long. They become tiny beef jerky. Which are then consumed. There's then consumed. The serfs work at the farms and fields on the outskirts of fire giant halls and fortresses, raising livestock and harvesting fields whose bounty is almost entirely tied to the fire giant kings. Fire giant crafters work through insight and experience rather than writing or arithmetic. Through most, though most fire giants place little worth on such frivolousness, they sometimes keep slaves at court who are versed in such skills. Serfs not destined for court or the fields, especially dwarves, are taken to the fire giant's mountainous realms to mine ore and gemstones from deep within the earth. Fire giants low in the ordning manage the mine tunnels and the slaves that toil there, few of which survive the difficult and dangerous work for long. Though the fire giants are skilled in the engineering of mine tunnels and gathering ore, they place less importance on the safety of their slaves than on smelting and working the bounty those slaves produce. Fire giants have a fearsome reputation as soldiers and conquerors, and for their ability to burn, plunder, and destroy. Yet among the giants, uh, fire giants produce the greatest crafters and artists. They excel at smelting and smith work as they do at the engineering of metal and stone, and the quality of their artistry shows even in their implements of destruction and their weapons of war. Fire giants strive to build the strongest fortresses and most potent siege weapons. They experiment with alloys to create the hardest armor, then forge the swords that can pierce it. Such work requires brawn and brains in equal measure, and fire giants high in the ordering tend to be the smartest and strongest of their kind. So they're pretty badass. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they sound like guys you want to hang out with, but you can't because you'll melt. So <laughs> the ordering of cloud giants is fancy jewelry and wealth that is at least ornate and trinkety, and theirs is brute strength. Yeah, but they did say they make... Weapons, too. Yeah, weapons and smithing, smelting, their, smithing yeah. and stuff. Which is just as much of an art as anything else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Fire giants, they look like the dwarves of the giant races. Yeah. They're shorter, uh, boxier. This one looks like Ganondorf. <laughs> Holy shit, he does. <laughs> he has darker complexion and bright orange-red hair. Uh, total cannon vibes. <laughs> um... Fire giants are huge and lawful evil. Uh, they have a armor class of 18 from their plate armor, which could probably be higher because they do make boss ass armor. Techno- like technologically advanced Adamantine armor type shit. Yeah. Armor. Um, they have an, a hit points starting at 162. I'm not doing the math. Oh, no, no, vibranium. Vibranium? Oh gosh. Uh, it goes up to 13d12 plus 78. I'm not doing the math. Um, they have a speed of 30 feet. Wow. That doesn't seem... Cloud giant farts faster, just saying. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, they have a strength of 25 with a plus 7, a dex of 9 <laughs> with a negative 1. Ooh. Con of 23 with a plus 6, intelligence of 10 and a plus 0, wisdom 14 and a plus 2, a charisma of 13 and a plus 1. Their saving throws are dex with a plus 3, con with a plus 10, and a charisma with a plus 5. Their skills are athletics with a plus 11 and perception with a plus 6. Their damage immunities are fire. Their uh, passive perception is 16. They only speak giant. I guess all giants speak giant, and it's the same giant, eh? Yeah, it's all one giant. It's all one giant. Okay. It's uh, Some of them no common. I imagine they would have dialects, though. Like you would think a fire giant and a cloud giant would have the same language, but yeah. different dialects, like Australians and Britons. Like we yeah. all speak English, but yeah. it's just a little different. That'd be cool. Um, <laughs> that'd be cool to kind of throw in there, like, a what? <laughs> I want to see a giant say shrimp on the Barbie. Like, which no Australian ever says, sorry. I'm an offensive stereotype. Uh, <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> I, we all know that they're Australians do American accents. So let's not pretend like any one of us is better than the other. That's true. <laughs> we just do it. It's just a universal acceptance. <laughs> um, there's challenge rating of 9 with 5,000 XP. They have the multi-attack, and it's two great sword attacks. Um, it's a melee weapon attack with a plus 11 to hit, a reach of 10 feet, which doesn't seem like enough. I feel like a giant sword would be much bigger and have a bigger reach than 10 feet. Yeah, I mean, the blade alone looks like 10 feet. I would have given it, like, an extra 5 feet, too, like 15. I might have tweaked that because it doesn't seem far at all. Mm-mm. I mean, you can get that with, like, an albert. Yeah. No, I don't buy that. Okay. Sorry. Um. Reach 10 feet, one target. On a hit, it does 28, and that's 66, which is 36, plus 7, so 43, up to 43 slashing damage. Wow, and that's twice. Ouch. Um, they also have a rock attack. Go figure. As you do. <laughs> as you do, as a giant. Um, it's a plus 11 to hit. It does have a range of 60 to 240 feet. Um, for one target, which I... I still don't agree with that either. It's a boulder. <laughs> That's a nice boulder. I bet I could hit two people with it if I try hard enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bludgeoning damage with that magma rock. Maximum it, of 47. Yeah. That's insane. And as the fire giant boulder, it looks like a piece of volcanic rock. Like yeah. It's still kind of glowing. Igneous. Yeah. But they, always, they don't always hang around volcanoes. So I imagine if they weren't in a volcano, it again, it would be just that big rock. It's just a nice rock. Just a nice, nice boulder. Nice boulder. Oh. So what magic item do you got this for this um, guy? The fire giant's weapon is called the fire giant's endeavor. Uh, any axe, hammer, or sword. It's also got the variants if it's a rare plus one, very rare plus two, or legendary plus three. Does require attunement. This weapon is made from gleaming black steel and has been forged with a level of craftsmanship beyond the capabilities of most mortal hands. It provides a bonus. It, it provides a bonus to attack and damage rolls based on its rarity. The superior quality and magical enhancements of this weapon provide the following additional benefits. When one of these properties ah, scrolling, has been used, it cannot be used again until the next dawn unless otherwise noted. It has three, the first of which being superior accuracy. When you roll a one or two for an attack using this weapon, you can re-roll the d20 and must use the second roll. So, like, luck. Yep. It sounds... 
Um, perfect balance. Before you make an attack with this weapon that would suffer from disadvantage, you ignore one source of disadvantage to the attack roll. That's pretty boss. Gain advantage, right? One of them, at least. If you have more than one, it doesn't cancel out. Well, I mean, that's still pretty boss. Oh, yeah, it's dope. That's pretty, pretty nice. Uh, lethal heft. When you make a damage roll for an attack using this weapon, you can re-roll any number of dice that show one, but you have to use a new result, even if it is another one. This only applies to the damage from this weapon and not additional dice of damage, such as from a rogue sneak attack or a paladin's divine smite. You can use this property up to three times, after which time it cannot be used again until the next dawn. That's dope. That's really nice, too. But I wonder why this one is three times, because that could... Any number that's one? Well, I mean, it's the weapon damage, so if it's a... Uh, what are the weapons? An axe, a sword, or a hammer. They, they don't go above 1d10. So. Hmm. So I mean, it's still at, it, it's not doing a lot of damage over time. I think it depends on who's getting hit with it. That's true, yeah. <laughs> and it's when you hit, so imagine, think of it as like, okay, let's say you are a fighter and you get extra attack. You get, You can use two of them in one turn. I'm sorry. No, it's me. I got stinky pits. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome, internet. <laughs> it's hot and humid. It's mainly humid. It's Texas. It's and it's only fucking May. I. Anyway. Ayo. So... Okay. So to kick off our train of giants. Yes, giant train. Giant train. Fart clouds. Um, we wanted to mix in a little reality and altering annoyance and talk about some diseases as our DM tip. Just a DM. Thank you. <laughs> so, diseases can be found in the Dungeon Master's Guide. So, we're going to go ahead and give a description of what diseases are, and over the next few episodes we're going to talk about a few sample diseases. Oh, sure. So, a plague ravages the kingdom, setting the adventurers on a quest to find a cure. An adventurer emerges from an ancient tomb, unopened for centuries, and soon finds herself suffering from a wasting illness. A warlock offends some dark power and contracts a strange affliction that spreads whenever he casts spells. A simple outbreak might amount to little more than a small drain on party's resources, curable from a casting of lesser restoration. A more complicated outbreak can form the basis of one or more adventures as characters search for a cure. Stop the spread of the disease and deal with the consequences. The disease that does more than infect a few party members is primarily a plot device. The rules help describe the effects of the disease and how it can be cured, but the specifics of how a disease works aren't bound by common set of rules. Diseases can affect any creature, and a given illness might or might not pass from one race or kind of creature to another. A plague might affect only constructs or undead, or sweep through a halfling's neighborhood but leave other races untouched. What matters is the story you want to tell. So we'll go into some more sample diseases as we progress through the series of giants. Yay! But now that you know that they do have them, I i mean, I won't lie, when I first started D&D, I figured, I mean, they're obviously human, so yes, diseases exist, but when magic is there and magic is available, it's hard to imagine plain old sicknesses, like run-of-the-mill cold seem, you know, Well, I mean, think of it as like you know? a virus constantly mutates, and we have, like, uh, antibacterial resistant ones, what's going to stop it from being healing potion resistant? I mean, I, I guess I just never thought outside the box, just as I was like, well, you got a healing potion. What is it? You just take that. Or you cast yeah. a spell. There's magic. And maybe you use like a minor spell to fix it. But I, that's just like my, I guess, my narrow minded view of it because I, 
just coming in, I wouldn't think that because you have magic. But yeah. as, of course, we all know, you can do anything in D&D. And, yeah, it can be magic resistant. It could be, you may have to find a new ingredient to make it, make a potion, because yeah. it got used to the other ingredient. Or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Or you can make it where, oh, yeah, this disease is something that spreads that can be fixed with a lesser restoration, right? Mm-hmm. However, you find that over a week of these players being in the city, it's mutated to be greater restoration. And they're afraid that a week or two weeks more, it's going to take a wish to remove it. And so or, you have to find a cure. Or you could do... <laughs> Never mind. Or you could do something like a, a secluded tribe of something, and then the adventurers happen upon it. They don't know that they are bringing a sickness with them because they've been secluded. Wow. That's some dark, dark history. Well, I mean, but then they have to save them. Obviously, if they're good guys, they feel compelled to save them. Yeah, if your party's them. good people, if they're evil little <laughs> dickbags, they're probably going to be like, I would hope. well, sorry their immune system's garbage. <laughs> yeah. Here's some plague blankets. Good luck. If you're not aware of how shitty previous Americans, Americans, settlers were, Look up the time we gave blankets to the natives here and just spread disease throughout all of the <laughs> civilizations here because we're assholes. Read a history book. It's fun. <laughs> well, they won't tell you in a history book because they make us the good guys. Definitely. Even though we're not. Know we're not. We're all, we all know we're not. <laughs> we, all. we know we're shit, right? We can accept that. We're, going, we're taking guns into Subway. But that's an idea of how you could use it. You could, if hopefully if you don't have a jerkwad on a party, they would be like, oh no, we hurt them, we should help them. Yeah, if they have a heart. <laughs> maybe you have a paladin and that's the time to use it and they know greater restoration or whatever. And maybe they spend some, maybe it takes them, let's say they go to a village and it takes them a few days. They're gather, gathering medicinal herbs to try to just make general potion and healing and the paladin or cleric or whatever has greater restoration. And they use their spells every day for a week. And then they just stop working. Oh, that was What sick. would the party do? How would they react? What if the, that's actually coming from a healer in town, like a druid, who said, yeah, it's not working anymore. We need help. I think that would be a good one-off idea. Or can you imagine, like, a lawfully good paladin who somehow displeases their patron or deity? Because I would figure lawful good, like, if they do anything wrong, like... Their patron could like shun them. <laughs> Bad like, paladin. Nope. Bad. You better be seeking some favor. <laughs> yeah, you must. Have I will let this whole town die. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they're not that dick of a deity. Normally they punish the paladin first. <laughs> what What is the um broken vow paladin? What's the one? Oh, I played um, one. Oathbreaker. Oathbreaker paladin. Broken vow. Uh, Oathbreaker paladins. Those are fun. They're found on page. I want to say 99 of the DMG, but don't quote me on that. It's been a while since I played him. He was awesome. He was. I wish we could go farther with that. We could have, but then we just but stopped showing But we killed you like up. nine more times after that. One more time. I thought you didn't have it. Oh, no. Yeah, you became multi-personality. Didn't I you? had a problem. Yeah. Did we ever talk about that? I think we have. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So Anyhow. we won't do it again. All right. Well. Come back for our next pod. Come back for the next chapter of our tale of giants and weapons. And weapons. <laughs> and diseases. And we'll have the puppy over here and we'll talk You more. might actually hear him, but he's been asleep. Because... Oh, he's a cute little puppy. Um, so anyway, you know the deal. Check us out on our social medias. We got Facebook, Instagram, 
and Twitter, uh, Sweet Tea and D&D. And then we got... <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> we got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Those are all Sweet Tea and D&D, one word. You can also check out our website at sweettandnd.simplecast.com. Uh, you can also find us on your podcatchers of choice, the Sweet Tea and D&D, all separate words, because that's how English works. Not your Twitter handle. <laughs> all right. So, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs>